Amen. Here we go. Verse 89, 19 through 24. And this is God speaking. And, and this is what he's saying. I have bestowed my strength on my warrior. Someone shout, I'm a warrior. Come on. I said, someone shout, I'm a warrior. Come on. I have raised up a young man from among the people. I have found David, my servant. With my sacred oil, I have anointed him. My hand will sustain him. Surely my arm will strengthen him. The enemy will not get the better of him. The wicked will not oppress him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down his adversaries. My faithful love will be with him and through my name his horn will be exalted father i pray right now that the power of the holy ghost would fall on me i pray right now father that your that your anointing would be upon me to preach the word of god to preach this good news this message god that you've so freely given us i pray that i pray right now that i would decrease so the holy spirit you would increase in this place pray that. Help me to to articulate, God, this word exactly the way you gave it to me. I pray your anointing would fall on every heart, on every mind, so that they can receive your word with gladness this morning, I pray. And it's in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. High five three people before your seat and say this, say, be anointed in Jesus' name. Tell them, say, be anointed in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. So look, man, last week, right, we, we started a new, what I'm calling mini-series, and the reason it's called mini is because it's small in comparison to typically the series we, we do. So we're, we're doing a three-part series, and we titled this series, Raising Warriors. Come on. Raising Warriors. And, and, and last week, we, we did part one of this series, and we titled that The Heart of a Warrior. And since last week was... Part one this week would be what? Part two, I can do math. Amen, simple math without common core. But the heart of a warrior last week and this week will be called the anointed warrior. Amen, the anointed warrior. Because how many of you realize this? That it's the anointing of God that makes all the difference. It's the anointing of God that makes all the difference. See, listen to me. There's a difference between singing and anointed singing. I'm I'm telling you, there's a difference between worship and anointed worship. There's a difference between just a church service and an anointed church service. Amen. Amen. There's There's a difference between preaching and anointed preaching. And I'm telling you, I pray all week in Jesus' name that when I get up behind this pulpit, that his anointing would fall on me, that I'm not just speaking and preaching, but rather that the Holy Ghost would fall powerfully upon me so that I'm preaching under the anointing because it's the anointing that makes the difference. See, Isaiah chapter 10 says this, his anointing, not, not, not our anointing, his anointing. See, a lot of times I think we get the anointing and gifting mixed up. They're not the same. People can be incredibly gifted at what they do and not be anointed at all, not one day of the week. But, but we get these confused. See, and anointing is what, what makes, makes the difference. And Isaiah 10 says, his anointing breaks off every yoke, removes every burden. See, church, we, we must understand that it's, it's the anointing of God that makes all the difference in our lives and, and through our lives. So see, I, I've, I've come to realize this, that it doesn't matter how well I can articulate a certain subject or a, a message. If I don't have the anointing of the Holy Ghost, then I am just speaking in my own ability, in my own authority, in my own wisdom. And I don't know about you, but for me, that, that would be very scary. <laughs> that would be super scary. But, but man, if, if, if we come and we empty ourselves of ourselves, then God is faithful to anoint us. And, and then his, his anointing will, will come upon us. And then that's when the people in this building will be set free by the, by the presence of God. Well, they will experience the power of God. But you know, those, those things can only happen under the anointing of God. Because it's the anointing 
that makes all the difference. And look, there's, there's absolutely no substitute for the anointing, by the way, no substitute. But way too often, we prefer the substitute over the real thing because the substitute is way more comfortable for us. It's just true. The late great evangelist Reinhard Bonnke used to say it this way. He would say churches now have to have cafes and lights because they don't have the Holy Ghost. That's what's attracting the people. In other words, what he was saying is, is churches have, have diverted their attention to the substitute instead of seeking after the anointing of God. Now, I've heard other pastors go completely the opposite way. They, they'd say you can't, you can't have the anointing if you have a cafe and if you have, have lights. That's just nonsense. We have both. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and I might be a little biased. <laughs> but man, we can have both. See, we can have an espresso in the cafe then come into the sanctuary and get wrecked by the presence of God, get wrecked by the spirit of God, get wrecked by the anointing that God desires to pour out on his people, amen. But we should never want the substitute over the real thing. But, but you know, here, here's, here's the thing. This is why we have trouble with an anointed church service. It's because, see, we, we, we don't want people to, to feel uncomfortable. And it's not that we should make people feel uncomfortable for uncomfortable sake. That's not what I'm saying. Listen, we better be super welcoming. If I don't catch that, praise the Lord. We better be loving and inviting and all those different things because that's what the presence of God is. The presence of God is inviting. It's loving. It's incredible. And so that's what we want to be. But, but see, we, we want to make sure we're all in, inclusive. And so we would prefer the substitute over the anointing. The reality is an anointed church service can drive people away because the anointing, right, takes us out of our comfort zone. The anointing won't allow us to stay where we are in life. The, the anointing will provoke us. It will compel us to change because we will see ourselves in the light of his glory in the light of his anointing and then we're humbled really quickly. And so an, an anointing can, can drive people, people away because, because not everyone wants to change. They don't. That's the reality. And see, the church in America, the reason it's so wishy-washy and flimsy is because we've substituted the anointing. That's what we've done. Because we don't, we don't really like the hard lines in life. We, we, we don't like the do's and the don'ts and the ifs. And the, we don't like that. But see, the anointing does exactly that. The anointing draws a line right in the sand. See, the anointing brings a, a sword. The, the anointing consecrates us and separates us from those around us. It's just, it's just true. It's what it does. Because it's the anointing that makes us different. And if we want to be warriors for Christ, and if we want to be a people who are raising up warriors for Christ, then we better be a people who are seeking after the anointing of God. Because without it, man, we're up creek with no paddle. Amen. Now, now, look, maybe, maybe you're asking yourself, what is the anointing? And that's a great question. And so I'm going to read the definition. To anoint means to rub on, to smear on, or to pour out on someone, a sacred oil. That's, that's, what, it, that's what it means. In order to consecrate that someone or that something for the use of God, for the glory of, of, of God. And the oil in the scripture represents his spirit. His spirit is a real person. The Holy Spirit is a real person. And he's the one that anoints us. And see, when God anoints us, God is the one that, that touches us. He's the one that puts his hands on us, leaving his fingerprints all over us. Amen. When God anoints us, he's the one that begins to rub his oil on us. He begins to smear his oil upon us. When, when God anoints us, he begins to pour out his Holy Spirit all over us. And then we begin to operate according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. That's, that's the anointing in a nutshell. See, see when, 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 God, when God anoints us, when he anoints his people, we then can begin to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Hear me. When God anoints us, what happens is, is when his anointing begins to fall, all of a sudden, maybe the spirit of prophecy will enter the room. 
And then we'll begin to prophesy and say what was on the heart of God. When the anointing comes upon us, when, when God anoints us, we may begin to, to speak in a heavenly language where only God can decipher that language. When the anointing falls on us, we may receive words of wisdom and words of knowledge to speak into somebody's life to encourage them of wherever they are. This is what happens when the anointing comes upon us. We, we may speak in other tongues and have someone else interpret those tongues when the anointing comes on us. See, when God anoints us, then his healing power is able to flow through us. And then every sickness and every disease has to flee in Jesus' name. Amen. By his stripes, we were healed. He is Jehovah Rapha, the God that healeth thee. And when his anointing comes, his healing power can flow through us. See, when... When God anoints us, church, we, we're able to, to hear different. We're able to see different. The works of our hands are different. We even walk different under the anointing. When God pours out his anointing, we'll be able to operate completely different than we've ever operated before. It's absolutely amazing. Because it's his anointing that makes the difference, not our gifting his anointing. See, when, when, God, when God anoints his people, what he's doing is he's, he's, he's consecrating us. He's separating us from everyone else around us. See, the Bible says we are to be aliens and sojourners on the earth, that this ain't our home. We're just passing through it. And while we're here, though, God will anoint us and separate us and consecrate us and use us for his glory. Let, 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 me, let me say it this way to you. When God anoints us, that is God partnering with us. He, he, he partners with us to, to have his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's, when God anoints us, that's God partnering with us because God shares his anointing with us, but not his glory. The glory is all God's. Hear me, God has never and God will never share his glory with you or me. It will not happen, not with anyone, but he does share his anointing. In Leviticus chapter, chapter 14, right? God is speaking to Moses. And, and because God has anointed Moses, Moses could hear different. He, he could see different. He, he worked different. The work of his hands was different. His walk was, was different. And, and in this chapter 14 of Leviticus, God begins to tell Moses how to anoint certain things and certain people. That's what the chapter is about. And again, to anoint means to rub on, to smear on, to pour out on a sacred oil, to consecrate those things and that person or people for the glory of, of God, for, for God's use. And I love it because in the chapter, God is revealing to Moses, hey, hey, anoint all these different items, separating them, consecrating them for my use, reminding us, man, we should be anointing our items, saying, God, this is for you. My, my home is yours. For, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord and we're going to consecrate it. We're going to anoint it with your, with your presence. Thank you, Lord, for these things you've so graciously given us. But then after that, in Leviticus 14, God goes on to tell Moses how to anoint certain people. And what God tells Moses is, is this. He says, take a little bit of that sacred oil and I want you to, to rub it on the right earlobe of the person. And then I want you to take a little more oil and then I want you to smear it on the right thumb of that person. And then grab some, some more oil and I want you to rub it on the right foot of their, their right big toe. That might take a little more oil just in case their feet stink, right? So he, he says, so, so why? Why does God tell him to anoint the right earlobe and the right thumb and the right toe so that they can hear different, so that the anointing will cause them to hear different? Because if they hear different, now they'll, they'll, they'll see different. Their perspective shifts. So now not only do they hear different and they see different, but the works of their hands. He anointed their hand for battle. He anointed their, their hands, the work of their hands, so that everything they do is for the glory of, of God. They do everything unto his glory. And why, why the foot? So that everywhere their feet tread, everywhere they walk, God will give them the land. Their walk will be different. This is what the anointing does. See, the anointing, it makes the difference. And last week we talked about David, right? And we seen how in 1 Samuel chapter 16, God tells Samuel, go to Jesse's house in Bethlehem. And when you get there, I will show you the son to anoint as king 
when you get there. Take your horn of oil with you because I'm gonna reveal to you who to anoint as the future king, who to put my anointing on. When, when, when Samuel arrives at Jesse's house, the first son he sees is Eliab, the eldest son. And remember what, what Samuel said? He said, surely God's anointed stands before me. He's looking at this young man. He's, he's big, he's strong, he's good looking. And so he's ready to anoint him right now. And God says, oh, no, 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 no. Don't you dare put my anointing on him. Don't you dare, because I have not chosen him. Because God doesn't look at what man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Showing us this, that God will only anoint a person who has a heart after his own heart. A person who desires to follow him with everything that is within them. A person who desires to put their full faith and full trust in the word of God. A person who seeks to do his will in every portion of their life. You know, Exodus chapter 30, God, he tells Moses this. He says, the anointing isn't for everyone. We struggle with that. But God says, the anointing isn't for everyone. It's for those who will do my will on the earth. That's what he says. So in other words, what God is saying in a very simple way in, in the version of, of Keith, that's scary, but in my version, this is, this is all God is saying. The anointing isn't for everyone, but it is for anyone. And that's really good. It's not for everyone, but it is for anyone. Anyone who has a heart after God's own heart will be anointed by God. It don't matter where they don't matter where they're from, doesn't matter what they did, it don't even matter. It just matters who they who they serve. It's not for everyone, but it is for, for anyone. Anyone who will who will trust in the word of God, who will know that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That person, God says, I will anoint them. I will anoint them. If they have a heart after me, if they believe who I am and who I say I am, not adding anything to me, not subtracting anything away from me, even if they can't fully understand me, they still receive me and believe me. That person, I will put my anointing on that person. See, a lot of times I think this, I think we think that the anointing is just for the preacher, the teacher, the Right, the evangelist, the, the prophet, and the apostle. I, I think we, we think that at times, but that, that couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> That's actually a lie from the, from the pit of hell. The anointing may not be for everyone, but it's for, for anyone. See, the anointing can cause you to be a better, better business owner than you've ever been in your entire life. I'm telling you. The anointing can cause you to be a better teacher than you've ever been in your entire life. See, see, the anointing that anoints the preacher to preach the gospel with, with power is the same, the same anointing that will anoint the, sale, the car salesman on the car lot to sell more cars than anyone else on the lot. I'm telling you, I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen it. I've, I've watched it. I've seen businessmen and women that God has put their fingerprints on, that God has put their stamp of approval on, and he has poured out his anointing on them, and their business blows up absolutely explodes in a good way, by the way. Takes off. They don't even know how to handle the growth. They're like, oh my goodness, because God's anointing's on them. You know, I was, I was talking to my dad the other day and, um, you know, for many of you that, that don't know my dad, so, so my dad had struggled with a drug addiction for, for over 40 years of his life until over five years ago now, he gave his life to Christ and Jesus set him completely free after over 40 years of drug addiction. And man, I've seen this incredible difference in my dad because it's the anointing that makes the difference. And, and I'm telling you, man, God is blessing this man like crazy. It's unbelievable. I was talking about salesmen because it reminds me, my, my dad's a salesman, right? He, he sells parts and, and builds overhead crane systems in big industrial parks and whatever, right? And he's the top salesman in his entire company. And he's only been there for five months. That's it. And I was talking to him the other day about that. And I said to him, I warned him a couple months ago. I warned dad. I said, dad, make sure that you're always giving the glory to God and not taking it for yourself. Because it's the anointing of God giving you the favor of God and the blessing of God on your life. You're landing all these accounts, not because of how great you are, but because of how good he is. But if you take his glory, he'll remove his anointing. And then it'll be a fall, fast fall. 
from, from grace, from glory. We can't handle the glory. Only God can. And he, he was telling me how the other day he was talking to a colleague and the colleague asked him, said, hey, Mr. Deal, younger guy. And, you know, so he's talking to an elderly guy and he says, he says, Mr. Deal, he said, uh, how, how are you doing so well so soon? I mean, it's unheard of in this business for you to have these major accounts already. Like, how are you doing that? And my, God, and my dad took the opportunity to give it to God. He, he, he said, he said, because I'm gonna tell you, young man, what I do. Every single morning, early in the morning, I get up and seek the face of God. Every morning, I spend an hour reading and praying and worshiping Lord, telling the Lord to use me for his glory. And because of that, God is blessing me. Because of that, God's anointing is upon me. And now God's favor follows me wherever I go. And I can't help but to be successful. Because the anointing, the anointing makes the difference. Not the gifting, the anointing. And hear me, men and women of God, no matter where you work, no matter where you work, no matter what your career is on this earth, if you ask God to go with you into your office, onto your job site, into your classroom, and you say, God, use me for your glory, he'll use you. He'll consecrate you. He will anoint you for good works. Amen. God will anoint those who have a heart after his own heart, because he looks at the heart, not at the outward appearance. He's not impressed by our giftings, I'm just telling you. He can take an ungifted person and anoint them and make them the most gifted person in the room. It's absolutely amazing, because his anointing is what makes the difference. And God looks at the heart, he's looking for a heart after his own heart. That's the people he anoints. And see, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, this is what we see, right? This is what God reveals to us in that text. And after, after God tells Samuel, hey, listen, don't anoint Eliab. You can't, you can't do that because I have not chosen him. Jesse then sends the rest of his sons, seven sons in total, go by him. And God says, no, my anointing ain't for that one, ain't for that one, ain't for that one, because my anointing's not for everyone. Nope, not that one either. I haven't chosen a single one of them, Samuel. Samuel, pretty perplexed, I would think, in the moment, right, before he understands. He's like, what, what do you mean, God? You're not, you told me to anoint one of Jesse's sons. And so he looks at Jesse, and he says, hey, is this, is this all your sons? Jesse, is these, are these all your boys? He says, well, no, we, well, we got one more, but he's the youngest. He's the most insignificant out of all of us. That's why we didn't bring him to the meeting. This is why we didn't invite him to dinner. This is why we left him out in the field serving the sheep, because he's so insignificant. And isn't that just like God? to take what others call insignificant and put a significant call on their life. Take what others call insignificant and put a significant anointing on their lives. Isn't that just like God, to take the foolish things of the world, to confound the wise and the weak things, to shame the strong? That's what God enjoys doing. He specializes in it. And Jesse says that about David and his own son. And Samuel says, okay, well then go get the kid. Go get him. Matter of fact, none of us are going to sit down. None of us are going to eat a bite of food. We're not going to do nothing. We're going to stand right here and look at each other all awkwardly, knowing none of you got chosen until the boy gets back here. That's what we're going to do. That's what they did. And it's amazing because the moment that David entered the room, God tells Samuel, arise and anoint him for I have chosen him. And in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13, this is, this is what it says. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. He poured out his spirit upon David, his sacred oil. And from that day forward, the spirit of God, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Now, if you fast forward the story over to 1 Samuel chapter 17, what you'll find is the story of David and Goliath. Most of us are pretty well, pretty well familiarized with that, with that story. But, but let me just very quickly paraphrase it for you. What's happening in this, in this story is the Philistine army has come up against the armies of Israel, and they're trying to start a war against the people of God. And the Philistine army have this, have this secret weapon, right? They got this incredible champion fighter named Goliath. He, he's a mountain of a man. The Bible says he stands over nine feet, nine inches tall. He's almost 10 foot tall. Incredible. And everything about this man was huge. 
And the scripture lays it out for us. It shows us how big everything is about him, his spear, his sword, his, his shield. And because everything about him was, was, was huge and everyone was so intimidated by this man. And every day this huge man would come out against the armies of the living God and he would threaten them day after day. And he would say, choose from among you a man to come out and fight me. And if he can kill me, then we'll serve you. But if I can kill him, then you'll serve us. This day, I defy the armies of Israel. And he would do this day after day, twice a day for 40 straight days. And every day, twice a day for 40 straight days, the armies of Israel would react the same. They would cower in fear. They would run and hide away from this man. They would they would be scared to death until one day, the Bible says, David shows up. Until one day, the anointed one of God shows up on the battlefield. And the Bible says while he is, is there at the battlefield serving his brothers, by the way, while he is there, 1 Samuel 17, verse 23, it says this, Goliath comes out as usual and shouts his usual defiance against the armies of Israel. But this time, David heard it. This time, the anointed one of God heard it. And I love David's response in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 26. He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And then in verse 32, he begins to encourage everybody around him. He says, hey, no one, not one man, let no one lose heart over this man and his threats. Don't you dare because I will go out and fight him and I will overcome him. I mean, how awesome is that? Here this huge man is, right? Been a warrior since his youth, the Bible says, a champion since his youth. Coming out every single day, twice a day for 40 straight days. That means 80 different times he shouts this nonsense at the Israelites, at the armies of God. 80 times he threatens these fighting men of Israel. And don't, 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 don't forget this. These men of Israel were fighters. They were battle tested and battle approved. Many of them would have been incredible fighters in their own, in their own right. They'd fought many battles and won many battles up to this point in time in their life. But yet when they get to this battle in life, when they hear the, the threats 80 times, when they... They see the giant 80 times. They're, they're scared. They're scared every time. All 80, 80 times. Because this is, this is what it shows us. That sometimes the battles we're facing can only be dealt with by the anointing. That's it. The only way we can face those battles is through the anointing of God. And see, what happens is, is they're scared to death, but then the shepherd boy shows up on the scene. He shows up on the battlefield. And see, when David here's the threats. When he sees the giant, he responds differently than everyone else responded because the anointing makes us different. See, because David was anointed by God, he could, he could hear different. Remember, God anoints us so that we, we hear different. See, even though the message was the exact same, listen to me, Goliath didn't change the message. The message was the same 80 times. He, ne he, never, he never changed it. He didn't change the message, but see, God had already changed the man. Huh. So he didn't have to change the message because God's power was on the man. And because God had anointed David, he heard it differently than anyone else heard it. And because he heard it differently, now David's perspective has shifted and now he can see differently. And what David saw, because he was anointed of God, all he saw was this big man trying to fight against an all-powerful God. That's what he saw. See, he didn't, he didn't see himself in comparison to him. He saw Goliath in comparison to God. Amen. He heard the threats that Goliath was speaking and understanding because he seen different and he heard different and he fought different. See, he understood that, no, no, he's coming against the plans of God, not against me. And see, because David was anointed, he knew that if God before me, Nothing and no one can stand against me. 
Because he was anointed, he knew that he could be strong and courageous because the Lord went before him in battle. Because he was anointed by God, he knew that God would fight for him. And so David walks out on the battlefield, not not afraid at all, with no fear. And this is what David says in verse 45 and 46. He says, you come against me, talking to Goliath, you come against me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. See, church, because David was anointed by God, he was able to hear different. Because he could hear different, he could, he could see different. He could, he could fight different. He could, he could walk different because of the anointing. Because he was anointed by God, he was able to partner with the power of God. But he still gave God all the glory. The Lord will deliver you into my hands. He didn't try to take the glory, even though he knew the anointing was upon him. And, and men and women of God, hear me. When we have a heart after God, when we, when we want to serve him with everything that is within us, he will anoint us. And then we will we'll be able to fight in ways understanding that God is the one fighting for us. See, the anointing is for any of us. His anointing's for anyone, but it's, it's, not for, it's not for everyone. And the reason he anoints us is for his purpose, not our purpose. He doesn't anoint you so that you have a successful business. That's just, that's just a sidebar. That's just because his anointing blesses you. No, no, he anoints you for his purpose on the earth. See, we need to be anointed warriors so that we can be a people who are raising anointed warriors, who are training anointed warriors. In Psalms chapter 89, this is is what the Lord is, is saying to us. I've bestowed my strength on my warrior. I have raised up a young man from among the people. I have found David, my servant, with my sacred oil, I have anointed him. So my hand will sustain him. Surely my arm will strengthen him. The enemy will not get the better of him and the wicked will not oppress him. God will always strengthen his anointed for battle, always. God will always fight for his anointed. And don't get it twisted. Hear me, we are in a fight. We're in a fight. The Bible says it this way in Ephesians chapter six, verse 12, for our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this present darkness and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Jesus in Matthew 11 says it this way, the heavens suffer violence and the violent take it by force. Warning us that we are in a fight in the fight of our lives. And the stakes couldn't be more high, church. Because the stake is is eternity. Our eternity is at stake. Our kids' eternity is at stake. Our nieces, our nephews, our grandbabies, our grandpa, our grandma, our coworkers, our neighbors. Eternity is at stake. And see, this is why God anoints us on on this earth to serve his purpose so that we can fight against the prince of the power of the air that's at work in the sons of disobedience. This is why God anoints us. He anoints us so that we can be a royal priesthood, a holy nation separated and consecrated for his glory. This is is why we better be anointed by God because we're in the fight of our life. See, each of us need his anointing so that we, we hear different, so that we see different, so that the work of our hands are different, so that we fight different. We don't fight like the world fights. We don't, we don't fight like that. So that our walk will be different. See, God will anoint us. He, he'll, he'll rub his anointing on us. He'll smear his anointing. He'll pour out his Holy Spirit upon us if we have a heart after his own heart. If we trust and obey every part of the word he has spoken. But see, what's What's really tough on us. Are you guys with me? Yes. But what I find that it's, it's really tough on us 
is the part where the anointing isn't for everyone. That's tough. And here's why it's tough. Because not everyone hears different. Not everyone will hear different. Think about the story of David, his own brothers who weren't anointed because it's not for everyone, began to fight against him. They began to fight against the anointed of God. And what do they do? They begin to attack the anointed one. And how do they do it? They slander his character and they slander his motives. This is what the enemy does. He will slander character and he'll slander motives. And, and, and hear me, hear me, church. Because God has anointed us for his glory and for his use, because God has spoken his prophetic word over us and over this region, not everybody's going to be happy for us. <laughs> People will attack. People will attack our character. People will attack our motives. I promise you that is the enemy's calling card. Because they don't have ears to, to hear. Because the anointing is for anyone, but it's not for everyone. And typically what happens is those attacks come from, from those people who are supposed to be for us. They're supposed to be. You, you would think they would be. Just like the brothers of David should have been for him. I mean, my gosh, they should have been happy for him, excited for him. The same thing happens to, to us when we're anointed by God. You know, it's funny because in my life, I've, I've been attacked several times through ministry and by those in the church, way more than those outside the church. Now, now, some of the attacks were merited, right? Because of mistakes I've made and, and my shortcomings and stuff, but, but I've always been transparent. I've always admitted my faults and my failures and repented. And, and I know that God, if I keep with the spirit of repentance, I'll bear the fruit of repentance, meaning that God will elevate me in the right time. And so I've had some attacks that are merited and I have to own them and say, yeah, I, yeah, yep. I'm weak, I'm fleshly and man, but God is, is faithful and he continues to pour his grace out on me. But then other times it's just an attack on my character and on my motives for no reason at all. I didn't, I didn't start it. But here's what the Lord spoke to me when I was preparing this message. The Lord said, don't waste your energy or your time fighting against people. Don't do that. Don't do that. You keep working. You keep going. You keep walking and pursuing my word. Don't waste your time fighting against them. Instead, I'll fight for you. Because we can be confident of this very thing, church, that he who began a good work in us will see it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And the Lord will fight for us. The Lord will be the one who gives us great success, not because of our giftings, but because of his anointing, because our hearts are going to be pure before him. Amen. But see, the Lord's, the Lord's issuing a warning for us today. The attacks have started coming and the attacks will keep coming. Amen. Listen, I, I love it, man. Because listen, if everyone speaks well of you, you should be scared. That's what the Bible says. If everyone speaks well of you, you better, you better check your life because you're obviously not operating in the anointing because the anointing offends people. I love it when I start getting feedback and people are calling us names and stuff. I'm like, hallelujah, Jesus is good. As we grow, the haters grow and I'm all good with it. I'm good with it because God has a plan and a purpose. And not that I want people to come against us. I'm not saying that, man. I love people, but, but some stuff you can't help. And because God is the one began the work, he'll see it to completion and he'll continue to give us ears to hear and, and eyes to see what the spirit is saying and what the spirit is doing. And listen, we want to be anointed warriors for Christ so that we can be a people who are raising anointed warriors for Christ because you cannot reproduce what you aren't. And here's the reason that these attacks are coming. Here, here's why. Because the enemy will always try to kill something in its infancy stages. Right. It's so true. It, it's it's the, the, the part where, where, where we are most vulnerable or the work of the Lord is the most vulnerable. It's in the infancy stage. Why did Pharaoh kill the babies under two? Try to kill Moses. Why did Herod kill the babies under two? Because of Jesus. We've seen it throughout the church in the, in the new church. When, so when God is birthing something new, like he's birthing through us, here and inviting a lot of people to come along with us too. But the enemy will try to destroy it in an infancy stage. And listen, if he can't destroy it, he'll redefine it. Hear me. If he can't destroy it, he'll redefine it, church. That's what he'll do. I mean, think about marriage. Look at me. He couldn't destroy marriage, so he redefined marriage. So now it's man and man, woman, woman, whatever. It don't really matter. You can do whatever. You, yeah, it's cool. He couldn't destroy it, but he sure did redefine it. <laughs> 
And if he can't redefine it, then he'll just distract us in the midst of it. So now we'll be staring over here at this person and what they're saying and all this other nonsense, but we can't be distracted. We, we can't let something redefine what God has spoken. We just gotta keep pressing into the Lord and listening to the voice of the Lord. And listen, man, because we've had ears to hear. See, we all heard this, this prophetic word come out over the church two weeks ago. And because we had ears to hear, man, and an excitement came up. Like, oh my gosh, look at the faithfulness of God that God can speak right now and his word will be performed. It will be faithful. And we heard this prophetic word and a lot of us leapt and a lot of people outside of here that don't go to here, super excited about it. Praise God. We don't want it to be a CWC thing. We want it to be a Tyrone thing. We want it to be a community thing. We want as many people as possible that can come along. It's for anyone, but it won't be for everyone. And we can't try to make it for everyone. We got to be faithful to the word that God's spoken over us. That's it. And God will be the one that will be faithful to grow it. Not us. Not us. He will. Because listen, what God touches and blesses is his word. What blesses God's heart and causes God to move on his people is the word of God. Not our giftings and not our abilities, his word. If we operate under his word and go after what his word spoke, God will be the one to grow it. But see, because we could, we could hear different, man, we could see these plans that God is planning for these young people that are, that are coming up, man. How he's gonna raise up these warriors for, for Christ, man. It's gonna be incredible. We can see how God's gonna impact this next generation of warriors for him. We can see how God's gonna touch their lives and do amazing things in their lives, that these kids are gonna be able to hear different so they'll see different and they'll walk different. Even though they'll be in the same culture and probably even worse because the culture just keeps getting worse, even though that, they'll still walk more powerfully in their day than any other day and age, amen. I believe it, that the spirit of God is gonna be so thick on these kids. That's why the enemy's trying to destroy it now before it gets going. Because these kids are going to, to shake the entire earth, the entire region, I believe it, in Jesus' name. See, in Joel chapter two, verse 28, and I'm closing. God says this, I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. In other words, I will anoint anyone. I'll pour my oil out. I will anoint anyone who has a heart after me. Whoever desires the anointing will receive the anointing. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Amen. Amen. This is what the Lord is doing right now. I'm telling you, the prophetic dreams and the prophetic visions that are coming and the prophetic word is amazing. It's absolutely insane what God is doing. I've, I've never seen God do it on such a mass scale from so many different individuals, not in the same circle, which I love. Which I love because I can only be God revealing that to different sections and different parts of people. Putting it on the hearts of certain people to come along and, and be excited about it. Because we need... We need anyone to come along with us in this. Church, right now, we've got a desire to be anointed warriors so that we can start raising anointed warriors for his glory and for his purposes. And maybe you think, well, how, how can I get involved with, with doing that? See, this is, this is why we launched the giving campaign, Raising Warriors. See, see what God wants to do through this, this, school, this school, Tyrone Christian Academy, is he wants to raise up these warriors for Christ pouring out his anointing upon these children. I'm telling you, and, he, and he's asking us to partner with him, right? And so two weeks ago, we launched a giving campaign titled Raising Warriors. And what God is doing, he is inviting us in to partner with heaven to bring this to fruition. And if we give generously, we will also reap generously. That's what the Bible says. If we give into his plan, into his vision, into his prophetic word, we will reap the harvest of the prophetic word. Amen. And man, I'm telling you, I believe with all my heart, and I shared this with you guys a couple times, that if you pray, God will, will speak exactly what you are to give. And you just gotta be faithful to that thing. Just that number, whatever that number is. Don't, I don't really care what it is. Just be faithful to what God speaks to you. And God will multiply what he speaks to you. I promise you that. I promise you that. And what we're gonna do is, is we're gonna pray, ask God, God, what would you have me bring? And then we're gonna write down on this, I, Keith, Theo, pledge, yada, yada, yada. And then we got two and a half months because next week, March 27th, we'll bring our first installment to that commitment. All of us together, we're gonna bring that seed in before the Lord and say, God, I pray you would multiply the seed to the sower in Jesus' name. 
Multiply it, oh God. I wanna serve a part in this. I wanna play a part in what you're gonna do on this earth through this Tyrone Christian Academy. I wanna be a part of it, God. And hear me, hear me, listen to me. This is not me trying to get you to give. You don't wanna give, don't give. Don't give. I get so tired of people saying, oh, well, church is only after money. Listen, I barely ever talk to you about money. I don't really care if you give or not. That ain't on me. That's between you and God. I'm just being faithful to what God spoke to me and he's asking us to be to partner with him, asking us to be a part, a part of it. And man, it's amazing. And so next Sunday, we'll bring in our gift and we'll have till June the 5th to fulfill that entire commitment. You know, and, and something that, that, that we really felt like that the Lord was wanting us to commit to as a body, right? Over 306 giving units, right? Just that's how many people give here, over 306. He asked us to give $125,000 in two and a half months. I think we can do that very easily. And then the board, the elder board of the church, incredible men and women of God, they decided to give $125,000 of missions money to the school. So they committed that much. See, our church is a very generous church. We give away over 20% of the income that comes in here. Over 20% we give away because we felt like the Lord told us to do that. And, and I feel like the church better display generosity if they want the people to be generous. Amen. We better be living and, and practicing what we're preaching. And so the church designated $125,000 to missions. And you guys, in Jesus' name, will bring back in $125,000 by June 5th. And then I begin to challenge our, our leadership team, our, our elder board, and the school committee as individuals. I challenge them. Because I think this, the leaders need to set the pace. The leaders need to be the ones that give and sow into it to show that we're willing to put our money where our mouth is. And can I, can I tell you <clears throat> what, the, what the, 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 the school committee did and the elder board did? They committed $82,000 to this giving campaign. That's incredible. Eight people. Eight giving units gave $82,000. So think about this, 125,000 from the missions fund, 125,000 from the body, and then 82,000 from the leadership team. That's $332,000 to start this school. Now, is it all that we need? No, no. There's a lot of money to do a school. We need about a million dollars a year to operate it, okay? Fully staffed, fully administrated. But I'm telling you, we're believing God to send endowment so that anyone can come. It's not gonna be for everyone, but anyone that wants to, anyone who has a heart to see God move in their life will be able to come and money will be no object. That's what we're believing. That's what we're praying. That's what we're asking God. That's what we're asking the Lord. And listen, you go ahead and stand to your feet. I'm closing right now. You know, my wife and I, some of you, We'll kind of like, be like my wife and I, who, when the Lord spoke the number to us, we were like, how are we gonna do that? <laughs> like Jesus, I, I don't know. See, a lot of you are aware that six months ago, my, my wife lost her job and whatever, uh, but God is faithful. But see, six months prior to that, God told us, said, hey, start saving money, start setting back money. Okay, Lord, cool. So, so we were faithful to do that. We started setting back money, not knowing what it was for. We just figured, you know, it's good to save money. Right? And we were saving it. And then we, we get to this giving campaign and the Lord says, that's what it's for. That's what you were saving for. I was like, Lord, does it have to be that much money? Like, I need some new concrete in my driveway. Like it's, <clears throat> and the only reason why I share this with you is to, to show you that as, as the pastors, men, we're invested in this wholeheartedly with everything within us because we, we believe in the spoken word of God. And the Lord told us to give a tenth of what the entire church committed to, right? 12,500. And we were like, okay, Lord, I don't know how fully we're gonna to be able to do all that, but, but we trust you. And see, listen, the number that God may give you may be something that's like, I don't know how to get there. Just be faithful and God will provide it. I promise you, I've seen it in my life so many times. God literally making money fall out of the sky. I'm I mean, literally, tell me, like, where did that money come from? I don't know, I don't know either. 
This is how good and faithful God is. Others of us, man, it it won't be that at all. It'll be a number that you know you have and you can give. Praise God. Be faithful to what God says, not to what other people are doing, please. And if you don't feel like you can give, but you got a heart to give, listen to me. Pray hard for us, please. Man, dedicate to praying super hard for the team and the leadership and and for God to start placing it on the the hearts of people outside of here, man. We went to school to be for anyone and and the entire community and the surrounding region. That's what we we believe God has spoken, but but we don't want to change the anointing to make other people comfortable. We're not going to do that. I'm sorry, I can't do that. I can't do it. I can't. I'm not allowed. I asked the Lord, Lord, can I change it? The Lord said, if you do, I won't bless it. I said, okay. Okay, God. And that's tough. He said, it's for anyone, but not for everyone. And so, man, I'm excited to see, guys, us come back next week with our envelopes and come in together celebrating the opportunity to give and what the Lord is doing. We want to be anointed warriors so that we can be raising anointed warriors. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for your people. Lord, I thank you for every heart. I thank you for every mind. Lord, I thank you for your voice that you're speaking to each individual on their own timetable. God, I thank you for that. And I pray, Lord, that you would begin to make it evident to their heart what you're asking them to bring for this, God. What's their role into bringing this prophetic word to pass? What's their role? I pray you would, you would, would speak it clearly and cleanly. I pray that. Lord, I pray for your anointing so that we can hear different, so that we can see different, so that the work of our hands will be different, so so that, God, we will walk different. Holy Spirit, pour powerfully upon each and every one of us. Give us the strength to do what God is calling us to do. I pray that. And, Lord, I speak a blessing over your people. I pray protection over your people protection over their hearts, protection over their minds. I pray they would guard their hearts above all else. I pray that. And Lord, begin to send people alongside of us. Speak to people to be excited about it with us, I pray. Lord, bless each individual in this region and in our town and in our community. Lord, bless them and bring them alongside. Speak to their hearts, strengthen them, make them excited for this opportunity that we have to change the entire dynamic of the earth. Let us realize just how high the stakes are and that God, we would would give in to it out of understanding that, I pray. Let your presence, Lord, strengthen us. And I pray all that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen.